Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Harvest Horror Fest. Good day, everybody, and welcome to another fantastical episode of the Real Film Nerds podcast. I am your host, Mr. Matt Hinshaw. And with me for another one, he's, I still have not been able to chase him off. I will continue working on it, putting him down, tearing him apart, and maybe one of these days he'll leave. Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. Man, I'm not going to leave. You can't get rid of me. I can't quit you, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah, you can't quit me. <laughs> good old good old movie quote there. Speaking of movie quotes. Vacate. I want off this ship. You can't leave. She won't let you. You just get your gear, get back on the Lewis and Clark doctor, or you'll find yourself walking home. I am home. For those of you who have not seen this movie, that is a little bit longer than one quote, but it's an interesting and very pivotal quote of the film we are talking about today for our fourth Harvest Horror Fest, Event Horizon. Hey, you got it right, man. Harvest Horror Fest. Good job. I almost said Halloween. But that was, you know, the last one. Yeah. All right. All right, Mike. So go for it. Give us the rundown on 1997's Event Horizon. All right. So Event Horizon was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, but on the, on the movie he was credited as Paul Anderson. His writer, uh, Philip Eisner, uh, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, uh, Jolie Richardson. Richard Jones, and the movie is about a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. I love this movie, Mike. It blends two of not so much my favorite things. I'm mostly a sci-fi person, but it blends sci-fi and horror together in a story that's just fantastic it you have no idea where it's going until it starts unraveling itself slowly through the characters yeah i'm a i'm huge fan of this movie the first time i saw it uh i was at a friend's house um i i think we watched it in about 98 because we watched it on hbo or something and i just love this movie like it's so so awesome about the 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 horror and the space and like it was just it was so like mentally like man you could you could imagine being in space and then having some weird stuff happen and you would just feel so isolated and like that comes across really well in this movie yeah it's it's fantastic it's just i love this movie to death probably not as much as you cuz you're a big time horror fan but I just, I remember seeing it and seeing Sam Neill as the main character, and I was just blown away. I was like, wow, this is not Jurassic Park at all. 
Right, right. Yeah, you you think of him from Jurassic Park, and and for me, I think this is the first time that I remember Lawrence Fishburne as a notable character. And then he got in this little movie called The Matrix, and uh, ever since then, I've always like watched all his movies. But I, I just I think this is the first time I I remember seeing him in kind of a starring role, and then uh, I really liked him. And then he was in The Matrix, and then well, of course, I love that. Well, and speaking of The Matrix, I mean, you know, if you take a look at this movie and you take a look at The Matrix, Lawrence Fishburne plays a very similar character. He is the captain of the rescue vessel in this movie, and he is the captain of the, I don't know if you want to say the flagship of the whole fleet, but he's the captain of the, of Neo's, you know, ship. The Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Well, I know that, but I was trying to say, like, he's the the main captain of the fleet of the people that are still alive in the matrix. Like he's kind of a rebel. He's still kind of by the books and, you know, and it, they're very similar roles. And they, they kind of echo off of each other and maybe, you know, event horizon really helped him excel at being a captain in, you know, the matrix. You're right. They, the, the roles are, do have quite a bit of parallels in their, what his position and kind of his his job is as uh, the different characters. Yeah. It might have helped. All right. So, Mike, uh, this is a hard one to talk about without spoiling it, too, because you don't want to say where the ship's been. You don't want to say what the ship has been doing. You don't want to say what the ship starts doing to people because it really just kind of ruins it you know yeah yeah i guess i guess uh we should start off matt with would you recommend this and and can you could you see this being made today like uh, you want to do oh yeah you know what that's a good point we haven't done that in a while even though it's not a uh, legacy cast it kind of is but i i would love to see this movie made today i would like to see a lot of the same actors in it even though they might be older because they were so pivotal in the original one um i definitely see it being made today i think if they made it today they would probably throw a lot more cgi into it than they did in this one like one of the most expensive scenes in event horizon that cost them almost bankrupt was the opening scene of the film where they're pulling back and uh dr weir is in basically like the equivalent of the international space station outside of earth and they're pulling back and that's all digital. And that almost bankrupted the movie. Just that one scene. Wow. I actually uh, didn't know that. Um, I, the CG in this movie, I mean, for that part, it was really good. There's, there's a couple parts where it's a little bit dated. Like um, there's some, liquids and things floating oh, around in, yeah, in that space looks- that didn't didn't look too great but it's it, it gives you just the idea that they're in space and they don't have gravity and it also shows it. you how far cg has come not just uh visually but also financially since then because today it probably would be way cheaper to do those scenes right right it would be especially the liquid floating around in space i mean it looked really rough but again it's been 20 years so yeah yeah it has been 20 years wow um one that surprised me and i kept trying to figure out 
where the hell I knew him from was uh, uh, Sean uh, Pertwee, I think is how you pronounce his last name, uh, Smith. He's uh, kind of the go-to pilot, fix-em-up guy in uh, the Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, British guy. Um, now, I've pretty much stopped watching this show, but he plays Alfred in Gotham on Fox. Oh, and so that's interesting. I was sitting there trying to figure out where the hell I knew him from, and I was like, "Oh, that's where he's from." But I watched that show for probably the first two seasons, two or three, and then I just was like, "Nah, I'm not a huge fan of this anymore." But anyway, so I liked him a lot in this movie. I thought he was great. He he does a great job in Gotham too. He was one of the only things that kept me watching it for the couple seasons that I did. But so um, back to your original question. Yes, I think if you are a sci-fi geek or if you are a horror fan and you have not seen this movie, you need to go find a copy and watch it because it is just great. I really do enjoy this movie, even though I'm not a huge horror guy. Yeah, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I mean, it's it's somewhat of a haunted house or haunted space or uh, ship in space and it it doesn't it kind of sounds dumb when you say it out loud but man they really just got it it really just works like when you watch this movie it's still really scary like i i just love it like it's a scary good movie the visuals are great like the 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 scene with the um when Dr. Weir's in the, with all the circuit boards and it does that like vertigo thing where it like zooms in, like, like in Jaws, you know, that, that scene where it zooms in on Brody. Like, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Dude, that scene is so good too. And it was all practical, man. None of that is CGI at all. He's really crawling through something like that. And I just like, man, it's so beautiful and just unique and interesting looking. Oh, that's, visually that's one of the best scenes in this movie for sure yeah it's just terrifying um yeah i really like that scene a lot there's 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 quite a few good scenes and uh this movie does have some gore in it but um i didn't feel like it was too trying to go overboard with it i think it was just trying to get across the point that Things are a lot different now than they were when the ship originally left, I guess. Well, I can answer a little bit of that for you because I did read some of the trivia on this. Um, Originally, when they cut this movie, it was two hours long. It was in an hour and 40 minutes. The original cut by Paul W.S. Anderson. And the reason why it got cut from two hours down to an hour and 36 minutes was because it got an NC-17 rating because of the gore that was in it. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, I didn't know that. And so they cut a lot of it out. And what's interesting is that Paul W.S. Anderson was talking about wanting to release a special director's cut, original theatrical cut that he wants, not theatrical, but original cut before it got the NC-17 rating, but the problem is, is that this was 97. It was all 100% done on film, and the film is damaged. So we will never get to see his original vision for this film. And that's kind of disappointing to me. 
Oh, man, that is disappointing, considering that we've gotten some interesting director's cuts of movies way later, and you're just like, wow. If someone that, has that it... That really adds to it, you know? If someone has it sitting around, I that would be so great, but I think... I think the director was the only one that had that copy. And he said it because of time, it's just been destroyed. You know, because uh, believe it or not, people, uh, film does degrade. Most of the time, negatives last forever. But uh, the way film is shot, the way film is used, the chemicals and things, it doesn't last forever. It really doesn't. So, anywho. All right, Mike. So, on that note, with a little bit of trivia... Let's go ahead and get into it so we can start spoiling the hell out of this guy. How does Event Horizon relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, so I went with the easiest one again. Um, Lawrence Fishburne was in uh, Ant-Man and Wasp as Dr. Phil Foster. Dude, we are getting a lot of Ant-Man and Wasp lately. Or not Ant-Man a lot, just Wasp, just Ant-Man references, which is cool because, uh, you know, in yes, Ant-Man is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but he's almost like his own thing now, you know, because the original movie was kind of its own standalone thing and Ant-Man and Wasp was kind of its own standalone thing. You don't really see Iron Man or Captain America or any of the Hulk or any of these other really big guys come in. And I kind of like that. That's kind of neat. Yeah, no, no, that's it's neat. I mean, it still blows me away that I can relate just about every movie that we review to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Dude, and we're going to keep going, man. As long as we do this podcast and we have just my mom and my buddy Patrick Breen listening and your future wife listening, we will keep recording just to make sure we annoy the hell out of those three. All right, let's do it. Woo! All right, so here's your warning, people. Um, I do highly think you should go watch this movie now before you get into the spoilers, especially if you have even an inkling. I love this movie. But uh, here's your spoiler warning for Event Horizon. Mike? Yes, yeah, go go watch the movie. You, you should see this movie. If you like horror movies, this this is one that if you haven't seen, you need to see it. Yeah, if you like sci-fi or horror, oh, dude, see it it's fantastic seriously so but stop listening now because mike is going to talk about spoilers right meow all right so um i'm not sure what which one i should get into first but uh i i really uh liked the way that this movie was set up the different ways that um the ship like starts messing with all the characters and all the personal experiences like uh the the one lady um man i i don't have all the characters in front of me but the one lady's son yeah the and, the one with the kid um yeah. who is that peters i think that's peters yeah 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 peters yeah kathleen quinlan uh-huh yeah 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 peters and and all the 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 stuff with um, Lawrence Fishburne and the guy on fire, like that stuff was terrifying. Oh yeah, like, dude. Oh yeah. Ugh. Well, and I think that's what makes it such a successful horror movie is that it's not this generalized slasher kill kind of person. Every single character has their own horrors in their real life. Like even the main character, uh, Sam Neill's character, Doctor William Weir. You know, his biggest 
fear was, you know, not being there to stop his wife from committing suicide. Yeah. Yep. And then he starts seeing her throughout the ship and whew. Yeah. And oh dude, uh, that shit's creepy as hell. Imagine if they just even took this original cut and redid the CGI. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. No, and I love the way the ship looked. Like, uh, I don't know if they had a model. I'm sure they had, like, a little mini model or whatever. Yeah. But the, the way the ship was, was uh, like, the space scenes, like, it looks cool. Like, the space stuff looked good. So, I don't know. Like, minus the little, like, uh, CGI, like, no gravity thing. Like, all the stuff where they showed outside and the inside looks awesome. Oh, yeah. And I like that it wasn't, like, so much that it's full on in space. It was pulled in by, uh, what is it? Venus's? I think it was Venus or was it Neptune? It, uh, or, I think, I it was, think it's Neptune. Was it? I know, I know it's one. Of, I, I forgot now, but it's one of the planets that's on our farthest reach. It's not Jupiter, but it's either Venus or Neptune. I th- I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't they remember. Were, I'd have to. I should have wrote that down. But anyways, it's not just sitting there floating in space. It's in the atmosphere of this planet, and so when they finally find it, it's covered in clouds. And then you get the big reveal, and it's massive. It's this giant ship, and it's so cool. Yeah, it looks so good. So I don't. I, I imagine that was all model, but man, it looked cool. And there's a scene where. They're pulling up to their their uh, Lewis and Clark their their uh, salvage ship, and it goes and it zooms in into where the captain is and stuff, and it looks great. Like I know they did some trickery there, but it was it looked great. Yeah, it's still for especially 1997. They did really they accomplished quite a bit visually with this movie. Um, and then the, like the, the, the warp, uh, what is it called? The, um, I guess it is called, is it called the event? What's the, the thing called the gravity drive, gravity drive. Yeah. yeah the, the gravity gra- drive, the black hole, basically. Yeah. The gravity drive thing. Yeah. Was awesome. Oh yeah, dude. It looked great too. And that's another one is that, um, originally, what the director again not to pull out more trivia out of my ass but the director originally the center of the gravity drive like they got the gravity drive pretty much exactly how he wanted it but there was one thing you you remember all the uh black stuff that looks just god awful because the cgi is just terrible that's leaking everywhere well, yeah, he yeah, originally the fluid, yeah. Yeah, he originally wanted the center of the gravity drive to basically be a black liquid like that as like a black hole, but because it costs so much to do that opening scene CGI, they didn't have the money for it, so they just did the practical effect of it. Well, I like the practical. I thought it was still really cool. Oh, dude, it um, looks great. Well, it still would have had the big rings going around it, but the center of it instead of being metal, it just would have been the black whole looking goop oh okay instead of like i think it's just like a ball yeah it's like a, it's like a metal it's yeah it's like a metal ball kind of thing yeah yeah it still the, looked fine but yeah the the three rings like moving around are awesome looking with all those lights and stuff oh, oh yeah man it was cool like i, I mean it, it it might not be 
you know, sci-fi enough because it's got all these lights, but I loved it. Like, it oh, looks no, so dude. cool. It's sci-fi in my book, you know, but he, he, like I said, he, that is how the director wanted it minus the middle. That's the only thing that wasn't true to form. But again, it was CGI and expense and costs on that shit. But, um, uh, okay. So here's a super major insane spoiler. Um, the ship goes to hell. I mean, dude, I did not see that coming when I first saw this movie. I did not see it coming. No, that, no, no, me neither. That it not only went to another reach of space, but it went to completely different dimensions. It went to hell. Like, they don't dance around. They're like, it's not in a hell-like dimension or whatever. No, it went to hell itself. And it, it proves that by knowing everyone's fears. Yeah, and... He, when they're doing the scan, they're like, ah, these readings don't make sense. It's saying the ship is alive. Well, it was saying we can't pinpoint where the life is. And so it kept going over the whole ship and they couldn't pinpoint it. So that at, once you see it the first time you go, oh, well, it's because the whole ship's alive. But you don't understand quite the implications when you see it your first time. Right. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, oh, man. So now the ship is living, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, I, I, this movie is just great all around. I really do. I, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a horror guy. I, I, I like horror movies, but I'm not passionate about it like you are, Mike. But this movie is one that I am passionate about. It's fantastic. It's scary. It's graphic. It has, uh, religious connotations. Uh, I mean, it scares you on every different level and it succeeds. At least it does for me. Yeah, when I saw this, it was definitely very scary. It was kind of the movies where you watch it with the lights off, and then afterwards you like leave the lights on, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that, that was a scary movie." Oh, especially in high school, dude. Especially in high school, as tough as everybody says it wants to be, nah, that that shit was. I and I know, I know this. They even say in the trivia and things of this movie that the end scene the later on scenes with Dr. Weir when he basically, I guess you would say comes back to life um, where his, he's stark naked, but his face is all cut up in a pattern, like a square pattern. You know what I'm talking about? When yes, he gets his yeah, eyeballs yeah, yeah, back. Yeah, it's, yeah, more, uh-huh. it, it's like yeah, the yeah. very end. It's like the very yeah, end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But um, that was taken from uh, Hellraiser. That's a call out to Hellraiser. Like a homage kind of thing to Hellraiser. That's why it looks oh, like a, a okay. checkerboard kind of pattern thing. But him looking like that like haunted my nightmares for probably a few weeks. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Yeah. Definitely. The makeup was really good for those those scenes when it was necessary. Oh. Alright, so Mike, should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, since I went first on Halloween, you get to go first on this one. Mike, how many reels do you give Event Horizon? Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, I think I'm going to give this one four and a half reels. I want to give it a five, but I'm not quite going to give it a five. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, four and a half reels. Four and a half. All right. All right. Nice. Nice. Nice and solid. Well, I'm going back and forth between a four and a four and a half. Um, 
And the only reason I'm saying even like a four is just purely based on how bad the CGI is. But you got to remember in 1997, you know, it was groundbreaking CGI. It would have looked perfectly acceptable and fine back then. So I'm going to go with a four and a half just because I don't want to say that it doesn't hold up as well. And I shouldn't keep, you know, to those merits. So screw it, Mike, four and a half for both of us. Yes. So anyone who likes sci-fi or horror or any, you know, any of these movies, you've got to see this. You've got to see this movie if you haven't seen it. It's so great. Yeah, it's I can't I can't recommend it enough. All right, Mike. So um, we're I guess we should start telling people what what's coming up and what's going on. Um, We're going to try our best to get hopefully two podcasts out next week. But we might have a bit of a hiatus. I am going out of town, and Mike is going to be insanely busy. So um, I might not yes, be able to record. Uh, Mike might not be able to record. So, But our goal is to get at least two more podcasts done next week. The week after, we might not have any. But we're just trying to give you guys a warning that don't expect, you know, this might be the first time you don't have a... Uh, uh, Real Film Nerds podcast done so don't freak out we're not abandoning it we're just taking a break because we got life is a good way to put it life is getting in the way but yes life is getting in the way but we will be back we we're have just... to we have one more Harvest Horror Fest that we have to do now the question is if we're going to do it on Tuesday because Tuesday will still be uh, October or if we're going to do it on Thursday which will be November but uh, should we should we tell them what movie, Mike? I think we should. I I am excited to review this movie. We've been talking about it many times, kind oh. of before through other podcasts, and well, we're talking about Cabin in the Woods. Oh, dude, I'm so looking forward to this one. Like, I'm not. I had I hate having to keep saying I'm not a horror movie fan. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm a fan. I'm not a fanatic like you. Maybe I am a horror movie fan. But yeah, it, I think you like your de- quite a you know decent horror movies. I don't yeah. think you seek to. I go seek them all the time, and most of the time I'm disappointed. But I like to to watch a lot of these horror movies. But spoiler alert for Cabin in the Woods: This is my favorite horror movie ever, ever, hands down. Wow. I, I don't care awesome. what people say. I love this movie so much. I pre-ordered the Blu-ray. After I saw it in the theaters, I pre-ordered the Blu-ray. I freaking love that movie. Love Kevin in the Woods that much. And I never pre-order stuff unless it's Star Wars. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that does say a lot, man. That says a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, I love Kevin in the Woods, man. I mean, I, I can rate it right now. It's a five. Sorry, it's a five. It's out there. It's out there. Spoiler alert. Oh, whoa, it's a whoa. five. You, you already gave away your reels? <laughs> Why? What, you you're giving it away before they even listen. I know. It's terrible. I know. I'm a dick. So, anyways. All right. So, folks, we just wanted to give you a heads up that things might be a little wonky coming up. Mike and I are both getting very busy in life. I have basketball for the Northern Arizona Suns. Their season starts. So, it might get real hard for me to edit, record all this stuff when I'm basically doing two to three jobs again. So we'll see. We're going to do our best to try and get two episodes out a week, 
But uh, so don't freak out if you don't see one. Yep. All right. That sounds good, man. Um, I guess with that, we'll uh, bid everyone a goodbye and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.